welcome to Collision Cast, Fenderbender's weekly podcast. I'm Anazek, editor of Fenderbender, and today I have a conversation for you with Fenderbender columnist Jason Boggs. Jason is the owner of Boggs Auto Collision Rebuilders out in New Jersey. Surely you've read his columns in Fenderbender over the years. Maybe you saw him speak at a Fenderbender management conference, but he's a really great source of insight and positivity just a really solutions-oriented, motivating kind of a person. That's really what we dug into in this conversation. Jason noted how exhausting this year has been for a lot of shop owners, the parts shortage, how difficult that has been, and how all of it has been really draining on the team. But he really notes that you can't fall into a victim mindset. You have to take action, you have to take the lead. And if you need that reminder, I highly encourage that you listen to this episode. As always, don't forget to subscribe to Collision Cast on any podcast platform of your choice. Yeah, there's, um, I mean, the parts shortage right now is incredibly stressful, and I should have probably mentioned that, but I like to ask open-ended questions so I don't steer people in a direction I want them to go, but uh, it is, I mean, I I am talking to parts vendors that we've had 20 relationships with that are always happy guys, and they're just, they're fried, because they're like all day long, people are like, where's my part, where's my part, where's my part, and they can't get them. And uh, it's weighing on them. And I see it everywhere. You know, there's a pizza place down the street from us that couldn't get a bottle of Coca-Cola for two weeks. Not one single bottle to sell. And their customers are yelling at them. And he's like, I want to sell you <laughs> stuff, but I, I can't get it. I want to sell Coca-Cola. <laughs> yeah. So it's like there's, there's, I've seen that stress in just businesses in general. And I wondered, it can't be localized. It's got to be going on around the country. No, yeah. And I've heard too from, we were just talking about this on the board call, um, last week, but that their parts people are also short staffed too. So they're both like short on parts, but then also on people to like sure. get the parts. Yeah. So that sounds like a really stressful situation. Yeah. I think, I think the world, the country is stressed. I went to a wedding the other day, a good friend of mine got married and his dad is always happy go lucky. He was complaining about everything at a joyous event. And he's just, everyone's mad. You know, they watch the news, they get mad they turn the news off and they go somewhere. They're mad. They have to wait two hours for a table or, you know, there's two servers in a big restaurant. It's um, people can't go where they want to go. You know, they're being told this or that about the vaccine and everyone's got an opinion. So it's, it's tough. I've, I mean, I've had customers yell at me that we've dealt with for 25 years that are always easy to deal with. And they're just, they're at their wits end. Mm, Yeah. and it feels too, a lot of times lately, like it's really inescapable. So you like never get a break from that stress or that cycle of bad news or whatever. And I mean, for a while last year, you couldn't even like get on a plane and take a vacation or anything. And I think people are really like burnt out too. Yep. Yeah, no doubt. And everyone's lives have been disrupted some way, you know, in some form. And I think people, you can only take so much. So I'm I'm concerned about the rest of this year just because of the fragility of everyone. It's not customers. It's not insurers. It's not vendors. It's it's everybody. 
Yeah. So have you seen it in your staff too? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I have some ideas about that. I, there's a conference call that we do once a month with a couple other shop owners. And I said, I think we need to have more fun days. This is potentially the column that I'll be, I'm going to regain my title, by the way. Oh yeah. Um, most prompt columnist. But uh, I think that people, uh, you got to do some fun things and just take a break from the norm and, you know, play a game, have a trivia contest, just do something that's out of the norm to give people a few minute break. I mean, and they did it. The guys, the one guy set up um, an RC track for the little cars and they had everybody race. Um, the other guy just did a game day. They bought board games in and, and played for a little while. And it seems crazy, but people need to be uh, a little less stressed. Yeah, definitely. And I feel for business owners too, because like the business climate hasn't been easy, um, obviously. And yeah. within collision and repair, it's hard with the parts. It's hard with insurers. Like there are a lot of stakeholders in this industry where that make it challenging. And then you've also dealing with can't find people. People are leaving, um, trying to keep your team culture and, and vibe afloat. How has that been for you as like the, the leader? It's been challenging. I mean, I'm guessing we're doing the real thing now too, right? Yeah. This, <laughs> Sorry, <this>. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> It has been challenging. And um, I keep reminding myself, like, there are positives to take away. But every day, usually by nine or 10, I'm like spent. And, and I'm usually not like that. Um, I, you know, I go home at night, usually have a lot of energy, do some form of exercise, and I'm going to bed earlier than I ever have before. Um, because I'm just mentally fried by the end of every day. And it's not one particular thing. It's all the facets of it. You know, like you mentioned, it's Techs are stressed out. Vendors are stressed out. Insurers are impossible to, to deal with right now. Um, customers are absolutely fried with no patience. So it's definitely taxing. Um, but we're here. <laughs> the toughest 18 months we've ever had. Can't knock this industry down, which is pretty amazing. And so I try and remind myself of that a lot because I don't know what it would take to kill us, but <laughs> obviously a lot more than this. Um, yeah, absolutely. Well, I always like what Mike Anderson says when he says that the world could end, but there'd be two things left, cockroaches and body shops. Why, what do you think it is about this industry that just like makes it impossible to knock down? I think it's the people that are attracted to this industry. It is people who love solving problems. I mean, you really aren't going to succeed in this industry unless you like unique challenges. And because they're presented to us every day, the collision market in itself is unique. You know, if you learn how to change a water pump or a regulator on a vehicle, you can do it over and over and over and over again. It's the same, but no two vehicles crash into each other the same way. So while there's some monotony, we're always figuring out and solving problems. So I think it just attracts people who are used to no matter what comes at them, they'll figure out a way to get it done. And I think that's why we're so difficult to, to squash even in a nuclear war, like Mike said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's really true. Um, and you, I mean, you're young, but you've been in the business for a while and your dad grew up in the business or uh, was in the business when you were growing up. Um, and I think it's natural that business owners kind of fall out of love with their business at times mm -hmm. and are just not feeling as passionate as they are other times. How have you experienced that? And how do you work to like regain the passion? 
Yeah, that's a great question because I would say at this very moment, I might be as low as I ever have. Um, But there's still opportunity every day to do well. Like, and there's, I love working. I worked on an assembly line when I was working my way through high school and I had to change jobs with people hour by hour because I would go insane doing the same thing over and over. So as hard as it is, as difficult as it is, I mean, my dad was in here recently just listening to a phone call I had. And when I got off the phone call, he went, I cannot believe how much you have to know and deal with to fix today's vehicles. It was, we were talking about a calibration issue. And um, so as hard and as challenging as it is, I know I'd be just bored out of my mind if it was easy. And if it was easy, it would be to have a competitor on every corner. So um, the fact that it's challenging, I think is what attracts us all to stay in this industry. And so when it gets tough, when it gets challenging like that, I think we have to remember that we're fortunate to have these challenges. Yeah, you know, definitely. People can't just step in and open up a body shop tomorrow because they feel like they want to. You know, it's expensive to get into equipment wise. Um, and we know that we're not alone on an island of trying to get help. Everybody talks about the help in this industry, but people can't get minimum wage workers anywhere, whether it's at restaurants, grocery stores, uh, movie theaters, anything. Everybody's looking for help. So uh, that's it's just another challenge, but we're better suited to fix it because of we're always solving problems as it is anyway. Yeah, definitely. When you think about burnout for yourself, how do you usually spot it? Or how can you tell when you're when you're feeling low? I think it's when the things that usually would excite me, annoy me. Um, I love dealing with customers who aren't happy only because there's usually a way to make them happy and they'll become your most loyal customers. They'll be the ones that refer the most people to you. And while I don't want an unhappy customer, I feel like it's something that I'm, I'm good at. And when that bothers me, it's usually a sign that there are things that are, uh, that are off, you know, that I'm, that I'm getting burnt out. And uh, it's really just any of those challenges that if they annoy me versus excite me, I know something's wrong. Yeah, I could see that. How do you deal with it for yourself? I mean, I feel like you are someone that has a lot of hobbies and you like to travel and, um, how do you typically combat burnout? I think the best way is to, and this is probably perfect answer for you, but to get around peers who are doing the same thing. Um, you know, when I would go to a 20 group meeting, that always fixed whatever burnout I was feeling because I was getting around other people who were dealing with the same challenges, maybe found a solution that I hadn't thought of. Um, let me know I'm not on an island here by myself dealing with unique challenges. And usually, not usually, you always learn something when you get around a group of peers. So when I learn something new that I can go back and apply, that usually gets the fire stoked again and, and eliminates that burnout. But we didn't have the conference last year. Nobody went anywhere last year. So it's that's been a tough time for that. The toughest period we've ever had in the industry and the lack of opportunity to get around peers is like a double whammy. Yeah, for sure. You think this was the toughest tougher than the recession in 08? Oh, by far. Really? I, I don't think any, it's not even a comparison for, for me. Um, and I think 2021 has been harder than 2020. Yeah. Um, the part shortage is much more difficult to deal with to me than, um, you know, not having, having a lack of work. I mean, it sounds easy, but we've always 
had real strong cash flow. Uh, we're conservative with how we handle our money. So that wasn't as stressful for me, wondering how we were going to make payroll the next week. I didn't worry about that. But um, not having parts is crippling. And so that's that that challenge. Yeah, I think this is the toughest six months I've ever dealt with. Wow, that's and crazy. It, it could be because we just followed up a very difficult time mm. where we thought, okay, work's back. We're going to start, you know, making money. Everyone's going to be happy. And no, it's another thing slammed right in our face. That was unexpected. But um, yeah, I would, I would definitely take 2020 over 2021. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but I do agree. I mean, it did feel like turning to 2021 things would get better and that they did for a while and they, they didn't again. Yeah, I mean, we have more, I feel like we have more work than we've ever had, ever, but it might just feel that way because there was such a long period without, you know, an overflow of traffic coming in. But um, we are we are scheduling like seven weeks out mm. and everyone's like, well, that's great, that's great. I'm like, no, it's not because we can't get parts. For the I'm the customer and I have to wait seven weeks. I'm yeah. not happy. That's not a good experience at all. No. So um, there's, we should have more opportunity than we have right now. And we just spend a lot more time on each vehicle to process it through the shop than we did in the past. So that's, that's taxing and stressful. Ah, that too. I think one thing that I see a lot in the industry, and I'm sure you do too, um, is people kind of pointing the finger at others for the reasons that they're having a hard time. And there are, I mean, like the part shortage, that's very real. Insurers dealing with them, very real. Sure. Um, but I think you can end up sort of getting into like a victimized state of mind if you're always pointing the finger at other people for your problems. And is that something you see too? And, and I feel like you typically aren't somebody that is like that and and how have you avoided falling into that line of thinking first understanding how easy it is to do i mean literally every day if you want to play the victim it's an easy role to play um, there's always an opportunity to point a finger somewhere but again loving challenges loving how to figure out how to solve something i mean i think the thing we do better than any of our competitors is finding parts so I could say all day long, the part's not available, but we don't give up. We continue to find where's the one vendor in the country that has it and convince them to sell it even when they initially don't want to sell it. Um, so we're just relentless in finding parts and it helped that we had that mindset before it became a problem. Like when we, when we really did well with finding an obscure or hard to find part, it was we found it two or three days later. Now it might be 10 days later that we find it, but we still don't give up because we had that mindset. So I think that that has paid off um, where we continue to still be profitable, but we just work a lot harder to be profitable. Um, but I've, I've kind of now lost the original question <laughs> that you asked me, but, um, oh, about playing the victim. I mean, that's a thing in life. You know, you can play a victim in business or out of business and it doesn't solve anything it doesn't even really make you feel better so just learning the lesson that that's a, a pointless endeavor and find a way to just keep moving forward is 
is really the best thing to do. And it's the only thing that's going to make us feel better. So um, that's why I don't, I could, I could play the victim all day long and get the violin out and play it. But at the end of the song, I'm still going to be in the same spot I was before and probably feel worse than feel better. So uh, I think that knowledge and just learning that through experiences, the way to just not be the victim. For sure. I mean, I still hear people who feel like they're still feeling the after effects from the 08 recession or people who feel like they haven't recovered from that. Um, and that was a long time ago at this point, more than 10 years ago. Yeah. Uh, and there has been greater challenges since then. So yeah, you, I do think you just have to keep moving on. Yeah. The victim is not a path to victory. You know, it's just not. So it's, if people are, blaming 2008 on their current condition. Oh boy, what are they gonna be doing 20 years from now? You know, they're gonna be blaming the, the virus and, and everything else that happened over these last two years. So yeah, it's, it's not a path to success, that's for sure. For sure, and I, I mean, it sounds obvious, but I have to think too that your mindset and the tone that you set permeates through your staff too and how they deal with problems and how they show up to work every day. I, I would hope it does. I think the best way to lead is by example. And if people know that you're not going to give up, it makes it a lot harder for them to give up. Um, and if the leader's giving up, it's all over. Why would anyone else continue to, to try if the leader's not working at it? So um, we're really fortunate to have a great staff that has been here a long time and that understands that they can get help from anybody that's next to them or around them on any issue that they're working on. So we've worked hard to create that culture and it's definitely paid off in times like this um, where it's challenging, we all know it, but everybody knows that each person is doing what they can to solve whatever issues that are facing us that day. Yeah, definitely. And I think one thing I've heard that helps people with their burnout or kind of when they've lost passion for the business is like having a clear vision of what success looks like for them and also like what they want their role to look like as a business owner and what's important to them and sort of working backward from that. And I feel like you've always been somebody who you have like a, a vision statement, you have a mission statement um, that's always been important to your business. Do you find that being able to go back to those things or just having set those helps during tough times? No, I couldn't imagine going through those times without something like that. I mean, if you do not know where you're going, you're in big trouble. Um, and there's a, a class that I did with the big statement they had is begin with the end in mind. And you have to know your destination. I mean, think about how invaluable, uh, invaluable is a strong word, isn't it? Think about how worthless a GPS would be if you didn't know where you were going. It would, it would be pointless to tell you where to turn if it didn't know what the destination was. So um, yeah, absolutely knowing where we wanna be or even where we've been, you know, what standard did we set in 2019, which most people say was a good year, just to have that understanding of this is who we can be when we're at our best and that's what we're shooting for. Or if we've set a new goal and defined where we wanna to get to, you know, what our next level is, it definitely helps when we're going through tough times to know where you wanna to get to. Because yeah. if not, you're going to play the victim role. It's almost a guarantee that if you're lost and things are tough, let's just start blaming others. Yeah, no, it's true. And um, kind of my last question for you is I feel like 
from my perspective that the body shots are more important than ever um, in the collision repair industry as a whole. And they're really the ones like looking out for customers and the customer's best interest. Um, and I, I feel strongly like that they're needed more than ever in, in today's climate. Um, is that something that you feel too? And, you know, do you think this is a still a good industry to be in? I think there's a lot of reasons why it's a great industry to be in. One, we're just impossible to kill. I mean, we literally have survived through an incredibly difficult time. I mean, no, the average person just doesn't get that we weren't busy with people not driving to work and driving to restaurants and driving to see other people. So uh, we survived an incredibly challenging year and a half. We're not out of it, but we're still surviving as an industry. So I think that alone um, is a great reason to be in the industry, but it's also a very interesting time to, like you said, as an, being an advocate for the vehicle owner, I do see the industry kind of fracturing a little bit and choosing more than ever before who your master is. Is it going to be the bill payer? Is it going to be the manufacturer? Or is it going to be the vehicle owner? And I don't think that there's one right way, but we are 100% committed to serving the vehicle owner. And I find that that is very beneficial in a lot of ways. I mean, we suffered a 9% setback in sales in 2020. And from almost everyone I talked to, they saw that as a success or a win that we didn't see a big um, you know, reduction in our sales number. And I think that's because we built loyalty through serving the vehicle owner versus anybody else that's an option for us. So. I do think it's a great industry. Um, I think that we need to, like you said, visualize where we're heading and really define the next steps of where we're going to go to continue to survive. I think the road's going to get bumpier before it gets smoother. Um, but again, that makes it, you're going to have less competitors because of that. And you're going to have the weak ones fall, fall aside. So if you want to go run a marathon, you're going to find harder, less people to compete against than if you want to run a hundred yard dash because everybody can do the hundred yard dash. Um, so we're going to be in for a, a tough haul, I think here, but I think that makes it worth getting to the other side, be fewer competitors and it should be greener pastures. Yeah, absolutely. I like that analogy. The running one. What was that? Yeah. The running one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the harder it is, the less people you have competing against you. So yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, I think we'll continue to see a reduction in the number of shops because of that. And um, that should make things better overall as well for everybody that's that remains. Yeah, I think a lot of those shops are ones that were already having a tough time before COVID even hit. And we're probably not going to survive or survive very well any sort of rough time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you if you can't survive during good times, you're not going to be able to survive the storm for sure. Mm -hmm, exactly. Well, thank you so much for your time, Jason. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. I wrote all these notes and you didn't ask me any of those things, but that's all right. We had oh a good God, conversation. Oh my God, anything you want to add? <laughs> no, that's all right. Okay. Yeah, um, <laughs> no, I mean, it's, um, I, I didn't know where...